Chapter Fifteen of Ticonderoga by George Payne Rainsford James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen. On the very same night which was passed by Edith Prevost in the lodge of the Black Eagle, some eight or ten wild-looking savages, if they could be so called, assembled apparently to deliberate upon a great and important question. The place they took for their meeting lay nearly twenty miles in a direct line from the Oneida Lake and was even in the daylight a scene of remarkable beauty and grandeur at the hour of their meeting however which was about forty minutes after the sun went down the surrounding objects were illuminated by a different and more appropriate light their council fire had been kindled on the top of a large flat mass of stone fallen from the high rocks of a very narrow dell or pass separating a rugged and forest-bearing mountain from a spur of the same range which seemed to have been riven off from the parent chain by some rude and terrible convulsion of nature. Forty yards at the widest part was the expanse of this fissure, and on either side were huge masses of rock tumbled about in chaotic confusion, and blocking up the greater part of the bottom of the dell. About halfway through the glen was the large flat stone, a sort of natural altar on which the Indians had lighted their fire and strange and wild was the scene as those swarthy men armed as if for battle but not painted sat around in the broad glare each with his rifle resting on his arm and each still and motionless as if a statue hewn out from the brown rock up went the towering flame from the great pile of dry wood sending a flickering light over tree and precipice and yet no one stirred no one spoke for several minutes each eye was fixed upon the fire not as if watching it was an object of interest but with the steady thoughtful gaze which showed that the mind was busy with other things and there was something very awful in that stone-cold silence at length the black eagle began to speak without moving from his seat however at least at first his tone too was low and sad though every word in the sharp guttural language of the iroquois was clear and distinct for more than fifty winters he said i have hovered over the land of the oneidas and my wing has not failed in its flight my eyes have not been dazzled by the blaze of the sun nor dimmed by the light of the moon the dew has fallen upon me and the summer's sun and the winter's snow and still are my feathers unruffled and my flight as strong as in my youth i am not a woman that i should spare nor a child that I should weep. Who has seen a tear in my eye, or who has seen the tomahawk uplifted not to strike? Have I asked anything of my children but to be the first in the battle? Have I ever forgiven the enemies of the children of the stone? But we have made alliance with a great nation. We have taken presents from them. We have promised them to live with them as brothers in the time of peace, to go to battle with them as brothers in the time of war our children are their children and their children are ours moreover with some of this nation our chiefs have entered into more strict bonds of friendship we have sat by their fires we have smoked the pipe of peace together we are their brothers one family came and built their lodge amongst us swept down the forest and planted the cornfield their door was always open to the red man their food was always shared with him they said not, This is mine, and that is thine, but they opened their arms, and they said, 
thou art my brother the children of the stone loved them well they were dear to the bold eagle as his own eaglets the mat in the house of prevost was a pleasant resting-place to his forehead when he was tired his daughter was my daughter and his son as of my blood and bone a man came to his hearth whom we all know a good man a friend to the red man should my brother prevost refuse to the woodchuck room to burrow for one night he went away and far from the house of our brother he met an oneida of the totem of the tortoise a man who had robbed him and who had a lying tongue a snake who hated him whom he had stung the tomahawk was bare and the oneida was killed but the man took not his scalp he sung no song of triumph over the children of the stone he slew him not as an enemy but in self-defence otherwise he would have twisted his finger in the scalp-lock and the oneidas would have mourned over a disgrace it is right that there should be blood for blood that the man who sheds the blood of the red man should die for his act and that if he or none of his relatives could be found some other man of his nation should be made the sacrifice but what have i done that the son of my brother should be taken have i led you so often in the battle have i covered my war-post with the scalps of your enemies that the tree i planted should be rooted up when the forest is full of worthless saplings was there no other white man to be found in the land that you must take the child of him who loved and trusted us had a moon passed had a week that you might know that there was none but the beloved of the black eagle whom you might use for your sacrifice had you made sure even that you could not catch the murderer himself and take his blood in requital of the blood he shed is the wisdom of our people gone by is their cunning a thing of other days that they could not lure the man they sought into their power that they could not hunt any other game that they did not even try to find any one but the one we loved the best remember my children that you are not rash and hasty like the pale face that you are the children of the stone and though like it immovable and strong you should be calm and still likewise i have said there was a pause of several minutes before any one answered and then a man of the middle age not so tall as the black eagle by several inches but with a particularly cunning and serpent-like look about his eyes rose slowly from his seat and standing on the very point of the rock where he was placed said in a hard cold tone the black eagle has spoken well we are allies of the white man the pale face calls us his brother he takes our hunting grounds he plants his corn and feeds oxen amongst us where our foot was free to go is ours no longer it is his he has taken it from under us and he is our brother the black eagle loves the pale face he took a pale face for his wife and he loves all the race he loves their religion his daughter is of the religion of the white man he himself has faith in their god their great spirit he adores and he has made their medicine man his son by adoption is the religion of the white man the same as the religion of the children of the stone is their great spirit our great spirit no for i have heard his words spoken and they are not the words that we are taught the white man's spirit tells us that we shall not do that which our great spirit tells us to do it bids men to spare their enemies and to forgive ours tells us to slay our enemies and to avenge which is the true spirit ours for the pale face does not believe in his own spirit nor obey his commands 
he does not spare his enemies he does not forgive but he takes vengeance as fiercely as the red man and against his own law let us then obey the voice of our own great spirit and do according to our own customs for the white man knows his god to be false or he would obey his commandments now what would the black eagle have would he have us all turn christians or would he have us obey the voice of the manitou and follow the customs of our fathers have we not done according to our own laws what do our traditions tell us they say that then shalt appease the spirit of thy brother who is slain by pouring out the blood of the slayer if his blood cannot be had then that of one of his family or of his friends if his family and his friends are not then that of one of his nation so now what is the case chiefs and warriors of the oneidas you have a brother slain his soul goes to the land of spirits but his bow and his arrows hang idle at his back his heart is sad and desolate he howls for food and finds none he wanders round and round the happy hunting-grounds and looks in in sorrow for he must not enter till the blood of atonement has been shed he cries to you from the other side of the grave with a great cry give me rest shall his brothers give him none shall they let him wander cold and hungry amidst frost and snows within sight of the blessed region and prevent him from entering or shall we take the first man we find of the race of him who slew him and by his blood poured out upon this very stone appease the spirit of our dead brother and let him enter the happy hunting-grounds where his soul may find repose ye men of the family of the snake ye have done well to seize upon the pale-face whom ye first found for ye have made sure of an atonement for the blood of your brother and how could ye know that ye could find it if ye delayed your hand or abandoned your prey and now let the chiefs and the warriors consider whether they will still keep their brother who is dead hungering and thirsting for months in the cold region or whether they will make the atonement this very day and open the way for him into the happy hunting-grounds i have said again a quiet silence took possession of the throng and it lasted long but the eyes of the black eagle moved hither and thither round the circle watching every face and when he gathered by a sort of kindling look in the eyes of one of the warriors that he was about to speak he himself interposed rising this time to his full height and saying the medicine man has spoken and he has explained the law but he has counselled with words contrary to the law the medicine man has the law in his heart but his words are the words of foxes he has not unfolded the roll of the law into which the words of the manitou were whispered but he says truly that we are to shed the blood of the murderer of our brother to appease his spirit if we cannot find him we are to shed the blood of some one of his many kindred if we cannot find one of them the blood of one of his nation but have ye sought for the murderer ye brethren of the snake can ye say that ye have tried to catch him have ye had time will your brother who is gone be contented with the blood of the first pale face ye can find when you might find the real murderer will he lap like a dog at the first pool in his way will he not rather say give us the sweet water that only can allay our thirst would ye sing in our ears and make us believe music this is not the blood of him who shed our blood this is not the blood of his kindred the happy hunting-grounds will not open to us for this blood oneidas it is the medicine man beguiles you from the customs of your fathers they say 
wait till ye have searched diligently make sure that ye offer the best atonement that ye can do not kill the fox because the panther has mangled the game do not shoot the oriole for the thing that the hawk has done the son of my brother prevost is no kin of the yengi who slew the brother of the snake his blood will not atone if he can find another blood more friendly to the murderer the eyes of the manitou are over all he sees that ye have not sought as ye should seek some moments after he had spoken but with a less interval than had hitherto occurred between any of the speeches a fierce-looking young warrior arose and exclaimed let him die why should we wait the woodchuck is safe in the land of the yengis he has taken himself far from the arrow of the anida there is a cloud between us and him and we cannot see through it the woodchuck has no kindred he has often declared so when he has sat by the fire and talked of the deeds he has done he has boasted that he was a man alone that his father was hay and his mother grass and the hemlock and the oak his brothers and sisters neither him can we find nor any of his kin but we have taken what was nearest to him his friend and the son of his friend this is the blood that will appease the spirit of our brother let him die and die quickly does the black eagle ask if this boy was his friend the black eagle knows he was but moreover it may be that he himself was the companion of the murderer even when he killed our brother they went forth together to seek some prey was it not the red man that the wolves hunted they killed a panther and a man when they went forth together that we know for there were eyes of red men near the blood of our brother was licked up by the earth the skin of the panther was sent by this boy our captive to atatsa the daughter of the black eagle i took it from the runner this very day the man who brought it is near at hand the skin is here i have said and he threw the panther's skin down before him almost into the flame of the fire a buzzing murmur ran round the indians and the keen mind of the black eagle soon perceived that the danger of poor walter prevost was greatly heightened let the law be announced to us he said the roll of law is here but let it not be read by the tongue of a fox let the man of ancient times read it let the warrior and the priest who kept it for so many years now tell us what it ordains according to the interpretation of the old days and not according to the rashness of boys who would be chiefs long before a scalp hangs at the door of their lodge i can see he cried in a loud voice starting up from his seat and waving his arm as if some strong emotion overpowered his habitual calmness i can see the time coming when the intemperance of youth and the want of respect for age and for renown will bring low the power of the oneidas will crush the greatness of the five nations into dust so long as age and counsel were reverenced they were a mighty people and the scalps of their enemies were brought from every battlefield they were a wise people for they listened to the voice of experience and they circumvented their enemies but now the voices of boys and striplings prevail they take presents and they sell themselves for baubles they drink the fire-water till they are no more men till reason has departed and courage and strength are not in them they use the lightning and they play with the thunder but the tomahawk and the scalping-knife are green rushes in their hands let the law be announced then let it be announced by the voice of age and wisdom and let us abide by his words for they are good 
thus saying he stepped across the little chasm which lay between him and the second speaker on this occasion and took up a heavy roll which lay beside the priest or medicine man it consisted of innumerable strings of shells sawn into long strips like the pendants of an earring and stained of three separate colours black red and white these were disposed in various curious groups forming no regular pattern but yet not without order and so many were there in this roll that though each was very small the weight of the whole could not have been less than twenty or thirty pounds thus loaded and bearing this burden with the appearance of great reverence black eagle carried the roll halfway round the circle and laid it upon the knees of a man evidently far advanced in life although his shorn head and long white scalp-lock showed to an indian eye at least that he still judged himself fit to accompany the warriors of the tribe to battle the chief then slowly resumed his seat and once more profound silence spread over the assembly the eyes of all were it is true directed toward the old man whose exposition of their laws and customs was to be final but not a limb stirred and even the very eagerness of their gaze was subdued into a look of tranquil attention except in the case of the young man who had spoken so vehemently and whose relationship as a brother of the slain indian excused in the sight of the tribe a good deal of unwonted agitation for some two minutes after receiving the roll the old priest remained motionless with his eyes raised toward the flame that still towered up above him licking and scorching the branches of a hemlock tree above but at length his fingers began to move amongst the carved shells and unloosing rapidly some thongs by which the roll was bound he spread out the seemingly tangled mass in fair order then bending down his head he seemed to listen as if for a voice the law of the oneidas cannot change he said at length it is the will of hawaneo the great spirit a white man must die for the blood spilt by a white man but the spiller of the blood must be sought for or our brother will be shut out from the happy hunting-grounds listen not to the song of singing birds against the young man thou brother of the snake neither do thou make trouble in the five nations because the blossom of the black eagle's tree cannot be reached by thy hand the open allusion to that which he thought was one of the deep secrets of his bosom was too much for even the indian stoicism of the brother of the snake and he drew his blanket or mantle over his chest as if to hide what was within black eagle however though probably taken as much by surprise as any one by the old man's words remained perfectly unmoved not a change of expression even appearing upon his rigid features though the speaker paused for a whole minute as if to let what he had said produce its full effect remember continued the priest the prophecy of the child of the sky Toganaweta, when our fathers under his counsels joined themselves together in a perpetual league a lifetime before a pale-face was seen in the land he said when the white throats shall come if ye suffer dissensions among yourselves ye shall pull down the long house of the five nations cut down the tree of peace and extinguish the council fire for ever and wilt thou brother of the snake bring this cloud upon thy people thou shalt search for him who spilt thy brother's blood till the moon hath changed and waxed and waned again and then thou shalt come before the sachems of the eight totems and make manifest that thou hast not been able to find him or any of his kindred then shall the sachems choose a pale-face for the sacrifice and let him die the death of a warrior by the stroke of the tomahawk 
but they shall make no delay for thy brother must not be shut out from the hunters gone before more than two moons hero i have spoken oe oe it is well said all the indians present but one and rising from their seats they raised the roll of their law reverently and one by one glided down the path which led to the opening of the dell End of chapter 15